newly discovered as an audiophile on NCOM's original Space Paranoids ROM. It's the long-lost RF Generation Nation podcast, Volume 4, our end-of-the-year wrap-up edition. We thought we'd take the time, go ahead and give you our uh, wrap-up on both our retro and our uh, favorite games of this year. Some, uh, we'll give out some awards and some non-awards to some games. We figured for this episode, especially since it's been a while, we'd kind of have a little bit of fun and kind of throw in a little end-of-the-year bash uh, with our corner of the internet here and hopefully generate some discussion uh, that you can throw up on the blogs and um, also let us know where you want this podcast to uh, head for next year. Let's go ahead and get it started then. So, what retro game did you go back to and play this year? Well, this should come to no surprise to anybody but Earthbound. It's, you know, it's one of those games where I kind of have a compulsion to play it at least once a year. I haven't had a good portable uh, means to play any games recently. PSP battery chargers not being found and all that fun stuff. So I haven't had a good way to do that, and I don't have any uh, retro consoles at the house right now because of just simple lack of space. Um, But... You know, when I when I do get you know some means of playing a an older game, Earthbound's typically the first one on there. I mean, if you know that one or Mario RPG, but uh, I know I got went back to get Earthbound at least. What about you, Jess? Well, reading your uh, your recent interview, um, I could definitely tell you're the Super Nintendo fan that I was in my youth and still am, and. It's kind of interesting because mine was on the same system. We revisited Tetris and Dr. Mario this year, and it just overtook our LAN parties. It was it was amazing. I mean, I actually started carting a Super Nintendo around to friends' houses again, <laughs> something I hadn't done you know since way back when. Sure. Because uh, we just started getting in these tournaments where you actually play the Tetris to Dr. Mario back to Tetris uh, competitive and. It was it was awesome. It was so great because you know all these people who had played. So a lot of my friends had never even played the combo cart, and the way that it scores like that, uh, it it has a nice balance of if you're really good at one, you can sometimes you know make up for deficiency in the other. And we just had a blast going back and forth on it. And you know it, it's something that I highly recommend revisiting. You know if you if you ever get a chance, we had we just had a blast with it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what was your favorite uh, retro game that you picked up this year? Well, the game itself, I would definitely go with um, with Panzer Dragoon Saga. Now, I'd already gone through it back years ago when I found it on clearance at an EB Games, uh, but it was stolen from me, grr, and uh, it wasn't until the very beginning of this year that I was able to secure another copy. Graphically, it can be hard to revisit, but the atmosphere and the music and everything... Um, it, it just you know pulled me back in and reminded me of why it's it's still in my top you know probably top five of all time so yeah I, uh, that one I'm really happy I, I I did spend you know probably more than I wanted to on it but it was worth <laughs> it how about you simply for the deal that I got on it I'm at to go with the uh, Tengen version of uh, Tetris nice it's one of those things where you have you know these sort of uh, grails of games for each console that you you know you want to pick up and it's, so, it's sort of like a uh, a landmark that you want to hit on a specific system and ever you know going back to my days on the game facts forums and everything you know Tengen Tetris was always the one that was talked about being somewhat hard to, you know aside from you know bubble bath babes and all the ridiculous carts to try and find 
the one that actually had a somewhat of a decent retail release, and I was just ecstatic to pick it up for only five bucks. Yeah, that that's unbelievable, and a whole lot easier to explain to your significant other than a, a you know porno cart on this. It, it's kind of for awkward dinner conversation at times. And I don't have to hide it from the kids, so that's even better. Bonus. Actually, I do want to put one more shout out. Uh, this year was the first real official year that I became a a Neo Geo collector, both with the the AES carts and with a, a Japanese CD system. Uh-oh. And that. Yeah, my my bank account doesn't. Uh, it, this is not the reason I didn't get a house this year. Okay, it has nothing to do with my starting to collect Neo Geo stuff. I wish. Um, the the CD games are kind of like a nice, almost rental feature for cheap to be able to try out the cart games that you don't want to have to spend a hundred dollars for more. Well, several hundred dollars for uh, just you know to try to make sure that you like because the CD versions have this atrocious loading and sadly most of these are arcade hits that you want you know this quick pick up and go like say the King of Fighters or Football Frenzy or you know just all of these games that are designed to, to instantly pick up goof around for a little while and then you're you know you're, you've just wasted your quarter and uh, did they just, release Metal Slug on CD? They did um, and it is a, a good note cheaper <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also it's put me in its crux because here I have that SNK arcade collection for oh, um, yeah. you know for my for my Wii. And so you know granted it's emulated and I've read that it's not you know it, it's got emulation issues like like any emulation will but on the same hand I've already got you know, like 16 of these games and some of which people they hundreds and hundreds of dollars for mm-hmm. and I could just go to my Wii and load it right up and it's inferior but it's also not several hundred dollars per game. It's like they have Neo Turf Masters on the collection, and, and thank the good Lord, because to try to capture that on your Neo is it, for the cart is absurd. So, and not only that, um, I've got like a King of Fighters Orochi Saga. So technically, I've got all the King of Fighters games up to that point. You know, same thing with Metal Slug. I've got that compilation. I've got some of the old Super Nintendo. I'm sorry. Um, Listen to me, you got me on Super Nintendo here. You got the, uh, the PS2 compilations for like World Heroes, Fatal oh, yeah. Fury. Yeah, it's just, I'm looking at this list and I've kind of covered a lot of my bases here. I just recently picked up the Samurai Showdown for Wii, which is fantastic. Um, and so the ones that are left that I don't have are, of course, the ones that would be paying up the nose for. Mm-hmm. But it's an, it's, it's a lot of fun because this is something I just fantasized about when I was a little kid. Who, you know, and anyone who knew about it, who was into gaming, did because it is just so unapproachable, so difficult to to even imagine being able to get. And you know, you had a hard time talking your mom into fifty bucks for another Super Nintendo game. How are you going to talk him into several hundred for one game that honestly you could go spend five bucks in an arcade, finish, and then you're you know <laughs> you'll load up again and play. It's it's That's right, but. Uh, it does have that nostalgia feel. It's it's awesome. So I just wanted to kind of throw in a, a shout out to the neo collecting. It's been a fun and still expensive venture. How about and this is where we're going to start announcing awards here: the Golden PSP Go for so close but still failed award. I have to go with Mag on the PS3. Yeah, good call. It's, I mean, the the I think it was Penny Arcade. The Penny Arcade comics summed it up perfectly, where it's. You spend, you know, 10 minutes or so setting up your character, and then you run around the map for 20 minutes or so, and then somebody shoots you in the back. You see, you don't see anybody in the game. It's, you know, it boasts 
256 player multiplayer, which is incredible. But if you don't see anybody, what's the point? Yeah, it, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of Planet Side for the Call of Duty crowd. <laughs> it, that's what it really reminded me of. It, it, it was terrible because, and and actually to, to capitalize on on that uh, and out, that reference point, people played it like a Call of Duty. People wanted to up their stats. People wanted to run around and get headshots. And when you the whole game is designed around team objectives, everything kind of falls apart when you know all the other guys worried about is getting a kill ratio instead of you know defending an area or capturing or right. You know. Unfortunately, if you take the annoying player ratio of something like Halo or Call of Duty uh, and magnify it, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, magnify it times <laughs> two hundred and fifty six. You know, you're you're actually just exponentially uh, going up of all of the crummy players who aren't doing the game right with you, and and then the next Call of Duty game comes out and they all go away. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing that that game dropped down to a rock bottom price already, and you know they even tried to announce move support and all this other stuff to drum up interest, and it's sad because. It really is a noble experiment. You know, reading about it, uh, I was constantly thinking, "Man, if they pull this off, it's going to be it's going to be awesome." Mm-hmm. And you play it, and you're like, "Oh man, well they came close, but they couldn't find a way to." You know, I, I think that the biggest issue you could com- comment on it from a developer standpoint is they didn't have enough carrots out to play it cooperatively. I mean, it was annoying to everybody else if you played it just for yourself to try to get kill ratios and stuff, but you could still do that, and there wasn't, you know, as much of a penalty. Sure, you'd probably, your army would probably lose. Uh, you know, then again, they might not, because there's just, you know, you got up to a point where there was that many players all at once, so you, know, you just run around getting kills might have not really mattered one way or another for your team. And I, I think they just needed more of a, a carrot to get you to play cooperatively in terms of advancement. It seemed like a lot of people didn't didn't really notice one way or the other. Yeah, it I mean, you know, everybody sees a game where you run around in a first-person mode and you shoot people, and they, you know, that's what they want to do. They don't, you know, it it would be like, you know, a a new actual Rainbow Six game, (laughs) but on a grander scale where, you know, instead of, you know, just being stealth and everything like that, people are, you know, they got their night vision goggles on, but they're running out with guns a-blazing and just blasting everybody that they see. That's both your typical Call of Duty and Mag player. There you go. (laughs) So what was your oh-so-close game of the year? I have to go with Epic Mickey on this one. I, uh, that was another one that, looking at from a distance, seemed like you almost couldn't go wrong. I mean, you had uh, luminaries like Warren Spector working on this game, but it, it had uh, some name credit behind it. You, it had a very neat premise to go with. I'm not, you know, I'm a kind of a pseudo Disney fan. There's a lot of Disney work that I like, and, and Mickey isn't necessarily at the top. But what they were doing with the character and what they were exploring with some of these previous Disney movies, you know, it was kind of like a Kingdom Hearts that I would like. <laughs> it was taking some fantastical ideas with the, the Disney universe, and that's a knock, not a knock against Kingdom Hearts. I just hated that stupid gummy bear ship. But anyway. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. I should not be on compare. They are the gummy bears. 
it was amazing that it got so close, and then they totally went bonkers on the camera. I mean, that's just crucial, you know, to that game. You know, give me a perfect game, except the soundtrack just consists of like a warbling from, you know, an old phonograph or something. Don't don't script the camera on a game that everything else just flows. You know, the art style and and some of the the game ideas and the direction and the creativity with the brush and all these kind of things. It, it didn't live up to its potential in other ways, but what really just stumbled over it, you couldn't get past was the camera. Uh, it just it was so close. Eh, maybe for the sequel. And I, I I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, but you know based on the reviews, every preview, all the you know the art looked killer, the the idea seemed great, but you know everything now now that it's come out. It just sounds like the execution just wasn't there, and that may be all, you know, due to camera issues too. This is one of the many, many uh, reasons why you'll hear, you'll forever hear a debate about patching a game uh, post-release. Yeah, it lets people get away with all sorts of terrible things. You know, it's how you can have a game like Fallout New Vegas come out and at times be unplayable due to glitches. <laughs> Uh, and yet slowly patch until hopefully it's playable later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that on the Wii. You can't do that with Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey is a burned disc. You're not going to come out with a Epic Mickey, the fixed edition, I- in the store. Well, I was going to say, to be fair, Activision did come out with a fixed disc for Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> well, <laughs> it didn't fix that's... the game itself, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. but um, And really... Some of those gameplay issues you can't patch anyway. I mean, even if Epic Mickey did come out on the PS3, or the 360, or even the PC, something like camera control, I don't, I don't see a quick and easy patch for that. That seems to be, to me, that would be something that is, you know, tied in the core gameplay that is not really. I don't, I don't see that. I, I see that being a fundamental flaw in the game, not something you can just. You know, that's causing the game to freeze or something like that. Yeah, you may be right. I mean, either way, it's it's just kind of a I want to call it a total lost cause. It's still a game. It's worth just kind of a up, bummer. But, yeah, just one of those. Ah, oh, it's got so close. Why? Why? It's like the PSP Go. <laughs> ah, so close. Why? Why? Well, if Logitech would have came out with their uh, UMD drive for it, I might have picked one up. Yeah, that was just comical. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The Golden Neo Geo Pocket Award for Great Game Nobody Seemed to Care About. I gotta go with Alan Wake. It had tremendous lead up. It had, you know, all these great elements to the game. And then once it was released, it fell off the map. It seemed like. It, it really seemed like it hadn't even come out. And I, it just is still bizarre to me that as hugely hyped as it was, you know, and it's strange that, you know, I, I think it's a little strange to be putting this under the game that nobody seems to care about. And I'm sure there's plenty of Alan Wake fans out there, but Ding. after it was released, it went away. Almost as if it were completely bulldozed over by a Rockstar game. Stupid Rockstar. Stupid Red Dead. Don't get me wrong, I liked Red Dead. But if I had to choose 
either of those franchises to hang around, I think it would have been Alan Wake. No offense to Red Dead, Red Dead, I give it kudos for what it is. I just hate that it shot one of my best gaming buddies in the face on the way out. And the horse that it rode in on. Amen. I was a big fan of Alan Wake. I, I'm definitely one of the defenders. Uh, I thought that... And it's kind of interesting because we're, we're coming in off of... Uh, and this just shows, sadly, how many how long it's been since we've done another podcast. But it just comes off of the uh, what we were talking about with Eternal Darkness, where you had... Um, a game with a few flaws, but the execution was just so brilliant. They took uh, just this ability to kind of warp your head around what was actually going on, you know. Whereas you, we were talking about like the sanity effects and just things that were trying to, you know, kind of break the fourth wall a little bit and mess with your head. And Alan Wake was just full of those, uh, full of that theme and the narrative, and, and it really explored the idea of being a writer and, and this concept of, you know, being trapped in your own creation. And I'm not going to get into any spoiler territory or anything, but, um, you know, the premise was right out of, like, an Amazing Stories episode or something out of Twin Peaks or something, which, you know, it actually had a lot of references to Twin Peaks. It just, it was such a, a well-made uh, idea, it was so well-realized. And to see it completely fall off the map, uh, you know, it probably wasn't marketed nearly as well as it, it should have been uh, when it was actually released. But then to have something out of the blue like Red Dead um, come out and just blaze over it. Now everyone talks about Red Dead Redemption, and you know Alan Wake gets a couple of nods here and there. It's yeah, I, I'll agree with you. That one definitely deserves to be on on the. You know, nobody seems to care about that anymore, even though it's a great game. And that, that you mentioned the. Uh... The advertising for it, it's it's weird, you know, to, to kind of see that reaction after its release because in the gaming community, it seemed like it it seemed like Alan Wake was a game that didn't need advertising because it was such a killer premise. It was going to be it, it it appeared to be well executed, but it man, it just fell off. And I, you know, it, it may be all Red Dead's fault, and if it is. I will curse Red Dead till the end, <laughs> but it may be, you know, it, it may be just advertising dollars. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, then you know, it it'll be, you know, that's just kind of the shame of some of these big title games that are kind of okay that are getting huge sales just because of the advertising push. Yeah, but that's again, a debate I mean, for another day. I, it it is, and I I, I don't want to knock Red Dead. Uh, I don't want to keep on saying Red Dead Revolver because that actually was one of the games I used to champion that nobody knew about. <laughs> Red Dead Revolver could have actually been on this same reward back on its release day in a, a weird twist of fate. Um, but no, Red Dead Redemption was an excellent game, and I don't want to take anything away from that. You know, like I said, I just hate that it it kind of killed off Alan Wake for the gaming community, and likely a good chance for a sequel. So. Yeah. But when you're talking about the uh, the advertising and the push to make a game known, um, actually, I think that kind of comes into play with with my personal pick for uh, the Golden Neo Geo Pocket Award for a great game nobody seemed to care about, and that's Castlevania: Harmony of Despair. Now, this is a bit of a different pick because it's not like Harmony of Despair was this absolutely AAA fantastic product or anything. I mean, I, I'll be the first to go on record and say it had a lot of issues, but it was a lot of fun. And me and uh, my gaming crew, our LAN party, re- still really enjoy it. But 
it, no one ever talks about it. I mean, it just it you had a little bit of hype building up to ooh, there's a 2D Castlevania coming out for Xbox Live, and everybody got really interested, and really interested. <laughs> then they're announcing the six-player co-op, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> and then it it actually drops, and everyone's like, what? And it just disappears. And it's not going to make you know a list of best downloadable games of 2010 or anything like that. And I don't expect it to, but it's disappointing because the crux of that game is the multiplayer. I mean, that's really all it has is uh, it's got limited fun grinding by yourself, but you don't really have a story to go through that the Castlevania games are known for. But you get six people on it, all playing simultaneous, and it's a blast. I mean, it's, it's a unique experience for what it is. It's really, really fun, and nobody knows it. I mean... <laughs> It's sad. Out of our landing group, I don't know anyone else that plays it at all. Uh, I mean, I've chatted with all sorts of people in the gaming community, and everyone's like, oh, that's that weird Castlevania game that nobody plays, right? It's like, yeah, 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 that is. All right, well, let's move on to the Arkham Asylum Award for, whoa, where did that good game come from? What do you got for your choice there? I'm going to go with Transformers, War for Cybertron. Transformers as a license is just... Typically had a, a you know some very bad gaming runs and and it's one of those franchises that you think okay come on guys how are you going to screw that up and they show you um, <laughs> and, but this one nailed it I mean uh, it, it was uh, the, the studio got the property they knew uh, what to do with it they had some good ideas coming as a, a prequel story they they were able to not have to muck around with trying to tie in the original. Uh, animated series with a movie or anything. They they took this proto story from the you know the, the beginning of the Transformer War and just they did some fantastic ideas. It wasn't a flawless game, but much like Arkham Asylum, uh, it it came from a developer that people hadn't necessarily uh, attributed to AAA titles. Took a franchise that uh, nobody really expected much from because of its history, and just you know crafted a, a really fun, well made game. Uh, it, it had a co-op campaign. It had an interesting take on the horde mode type of survival, which I'm a big fan of. Even the regular multiplayer was was a little bit different and kind of fun. Um, graphically, it was it was decently sharp and had a, a fun art style for Transformer fans, where you could kind of see a little bit of a retro feel with you know just different enough to where it was its own thing. Uh, I was just I was a big fan, and I, I definitely would uh, would say yeah, that's that's a really good game that just kind of came out of nowhere. What you got for yours? Um, I've got to go with Split Second. Nice. And the reason is, is all the hype for when Split Second and Blur came out was everybody loved Blur. They wanted Blur, 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 Blur. And man, it just, it, it seemed like Blur fell off. It, it, I mean, it's it's still fairly popular, but Split Second was a killer game. Agreed. And for it to come out of Disney, it was a Disney game, right? I hate to say I, it. I'm gonna, you know, I hold on a second. I've got it right here. Let me go check. <laughs> yes, sir. It is it's a, a Disney, Disney game. interactive product. Who thinks which... that Disney's going to come out with a racing game that's not Cars and that is going to be absolutely killer? I loved it. I I can't say enough about it. I I thought it was just great, and it just it, to me it came out of nowhere because everybody was hyping Blur, and I you know, Blur looked looked like it was going to be fun. Man, split second, it, it reminded me it it to me it reminded me of of uh, the older Burnout games where you're actually racing, but there's a lot of cool explosions that have going on around you. I I totally agree. It it brought me back to to that uh, the classic Burnout Three takedown, which to me is still the uh, 
the highlight of the set of that particular series. I just it it was fast. It was arcadey. You every race you felt like stuff was going on all over the place, and you were in an action movie. Uh, yeah, it really did help recapture that feeling. I agree. I I was a huge fan uh, as soon as I and it was one of those bizarre ones that I played the demo and I was like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, I mean, I might pick it up when it's cheap. And then they they ran a, like an Amazon sale or something like that, and I, I picked it up for you know like half off within the first month or two of it being released. Got it, got it in, and just popped it. Then and I was glued. I mean, I played it solid for until I had pretty much finished the campaign. I I wanted to play it every single night. It just grabbed me because it was so intense, and you were constantly unlocking stuff. It had a couple of the neat modes like. The, with the chopper shooting missiles at you or dodging the barrels from the back of the truck. You know, just it brought a little bit of innovation to, to standard racing along with the core concept of environmental destruction, taking out your, your opponents and stuff. Um, yeah, I just – the only – probably the, the biggest knock I have against it was the fact that uh, the online multiplayer, unless you unlocked the last few racers, you were always going to be in the, the middle to last of the pack because they made the, the last few race cars. Um, you really had to kind of – practically mastered the single-player component to get them, and then when you use those online, you just dominated. And I never actually unlocked the last couple of cars, so uh, that was like my only... I mean, a very small mark against a, a fantastic product. And yeah, it just did kind of, kind of like, okay, cool, this is going to be cool. Whoa, where'd that come from? That actually, yeah. <laughs> All right, we have the Golden GoldenGame.com for Worst Failure. I'm going to go with APB. Uh, it was stillborn and very sad because you had a again a talented developer really pushing for it came out and just wasn't really from all accounts that fun or good of a game uh, interestingly enough they're going to bring it back from another company that's going to try to make it a free play but yeah that that gets my vote i completely agree with you <laughs> i mean it's i i've seen stuff about it and i've heard stuff about it and it seemed like it was kind of you know, it would be kind of cool, but it uh, talk about falling off the map. And this is an MMO. This isn't your regular retail release game. This is an MMO that's supposed to be around for years and years and collecting monthly fees. No way. It, it talk about dropping off the map. Yeah, it's and it's it's sad because it, it pretty much killed you know Crackdown developer real time worlds. The N64 GoldenEye Award for Best Multiplayer. I actually went with uh, Mod Nation Racers of the games that cool. I played this year. Um, it's you know it's essentially Little Big Planet on wheels. It's Mario Kart meets Little Big Planet. You know to be able to race your carts like that, you get the weapons, all that kind of fun stuff. But to do it on tracks that other people have made, and it's not just you know developer track packs and everything else like that. It was a lot of fun because there were different levels like. People were recreating the pod racing level from Star Wars. There were, you know, different level recreations like like they did in Little Big Plant where they were trying to recreate Contra and all these different games. I, I thought it was a lot of fun to do uh, the multiplayer, either local or online. The online really didn't seem to lag at all, even with you know a full racing crew in there. I really liked it. Excellent. I'm gonna go, and this is going to be, uh, this is, <laughs> a lot of people are going to probably scratch their heads. I'm going to go with Lost Planet 2. Uh, you know, it got knocked around critically, but we ended up with four copies for our LAN party, um, and we had a blast. It, it's clunky to control until you kind of get a get a feel for it. Um, but, uh, oh man, it just has, it's like 
going from set piece battle to set piece battle of these just these huge epic monsters and these big wars that break out and you got a ton of cool guns and mechs and all sorts of cooperative elements that really really make it work. I mean like there's a moment where you have to work as a team to operate this humongous cannon on a train to try to shoot down this one of the, like the one of the biggest monsters you'll ever see in a video game chasing you and you know you had people working on the coolant you had somebody monitoring it to fire it you had somebody trying to pick off all the guys you know the little bugs that are trying to climb on the train and it just all working together for one cooperative uh you know fight from one thing to the next it just we, we had a blast it was just definitely one of the best multiplayer experiences uh, that we had i mean you had halo reach and that's excellent but lost planet just did something a little different that we hadn't played and you know so i can i can put that as for Probably the best one this year for our for our land party. Very good. Let's move on to the Power Glove Award for the most overhyped disappointment. What do you think? I'm gonna let you go first because <laughs> I'm gonna get chewed out of the water from uh, chewed out of the water. That's not even a saying. What am I talking about? I, I'm I'm gonna get chewed out for for my choice. So I'm I, go I might go get first. some hate too on mine. Um, I went with the Connect <laughs> <laughs> to go to you know it it, it fits the awards you know. Useless peripheral. Yeah. I, I anybody we, that's read the forums and my thoughts on the Connect, I was never going to be sold out until I played it, and I played it, and it was just as bad as I knew it was going to be. I mean, I only I, I I've only played one game. I'll give you that. It was the uh, sports game. Me and my wife tried it out at uh, at a Best Buy, and we played soccer on it. <sighs> I'd rather play NES soccer. Than Connect Soccer, it is, it is, <laughs> it's almost like a turn-based strategy game because they kick the ball to the the to the you know if you're on defense they kick the ball to the offense and the defender stands there and you kind it'll kind of point in which way it's going to kick and you got to move your body so that it blocks the kick and then you can you know swing your foot and try and kick the ball in whatever direction. If you're playing you know two people, it alternates between who's actually kicking and everything. It was it was turn based soccer. It was awful. I didn't. I, I and I may not get it. I ah oh man. I there's. I can't. I can't. I don't get how it's selling as much as it is. It makes me mad that it's selling as much as it is. See, you because were just taking it wrong. It's it's not actually <laughs> meant to be a video game peripheral. In that case, it's designed to test your psychic powers. You have to be able to second guess what oh, the other person is doing. See, I, that's. <laughs> but it's not. But we played on the same team. <laughs> even better. So it's not like, so it's not it's like I don't even think. I don't. I don't know. I don't think there was a way for us to play on opposite teams to play against each other. There, there might be. We, you know, again. Oh, the detection didn't <laughs> seem like it picked up very well when we were in the menus because you had to raise your hand when you're ready, and it'll detect if your hand's raised unless you're too far away from the camera or you're too far away from each other, and it doesn't pick up both of you. Oh, I, I don't get it. it. You know, the hardware's killer because they're the hackers have done. Oh, it's amazing what they're pulling off with that thing. Oh, they've done some incredible things with the hardware. <laughs> I am not I sold to, as a game peripheral. I wanted no to way. teach me sign language. <laughs> yeah, we I were promised. Si- I got some sign language to teach the connect. Oh, yeah, bet you do. I wonder if it'll recognize. Now, see, right now it doesn't recognize finger movements. So <laughs> it won't even, yeah, that might have been purposeful. That's right. Yeah, we were promised the computer interface for Minority Report, and instead we got first-generation Wii shovelware. 
Now I'll tell you, the Linux hackers have gotten that to, they're getting close to the, mini- the minority report with it. I'm pretty sure that if you could ever see Skynet build itself a body, that thing's on the head. <laughs> yes. All right, well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go with mine. I I know that this is going to be <laughs> I'll just The only reason it. I'm laughing is because we've this we you know, he sent me over his show notes and I know what's coming. So, I I'm I'm waiting for the explanation on it. Gran Turismo 5. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't understand how it's gotten the accolades that it has and why it took so long. I mean, I could have I could have put the Gran Turismo for PSP on here for similar reasons, <laughs> but I, I just – okay, I know what to expect from a Gran Turismo. I mean I'm a guy who likes Dirt 1 and 2. I love Split Second. I like Burnout. It's pretty obvious that this game is a different pace and for uh, somebody who's a, a car nut, and I understand that. I enjoyed the first couple of uh, – well, really, I've enjoyed the series for what it was. I honestly would get bored with the older titles, but I knew what to expect. I've got it on my, my big screen. I've got it hooked up through HDMI. I've got it pumping out at the max resolution. I did try it in 3D. I did not try it in 3D. But uh, you know, I'm thinking I gave this game the best presentation I possibly could mm-hmm. in front of about half a dozen people. Uh-huh. No. We were all staring <laughs> at it with our heads cocked to the side like a parrot, trying to understand what we were missing. The textures did not impress. And, and uh, granted... I know the difference between the premium cars and the, and the lower-res cars that were actually imported from Gran Turismo 4. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> we, we all had our little Tonka toy laugh when a car hit uh, this, the, you know, the side of the track and, and flipped over. And not only did it look like a toy car in somebody's hands with the way the physics reacted, but you could actually see the toy logo on the bottom of the car, which is another thing. But it, it just – graphically, I was not – impressed and i don't understand the hype behind it now granted i know some tracks look better than others some cars look better than others but time after time we just couldn't couldn't see it and i wasn't trying to play it like a burnout and knock everyone you know i played it the pace you're supposed to play at none of us could get into it we swapped the controller around between all of us and i it i could tell the difference in the frame rate between uh, gt4 actually i i thought gt4 was the highlight of the series kind of still do i was a Pretty big fan of that game. Five didn't sell me on it. I'm sorry. I, I just felt like it was an. I just didn't feel like it was finished. And I know that you know the director will agree with me if you ever read his blogs. Um, but yeah, I know it can get me a ton of flame, but just disappointment. And now before uh, before I start getting some arrows shot at me, I'm going to go with the Resident Evil Four award for series comeback nobody expected. Well. While the game isn't actually coming out until 2011, uh, I'm going with Duke Nukem Forever. Hail to the king, baby! <laughs> after 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 all of the things that happened with 3D Realm shutting down and then, you know, still kind of coming up but not developing Duke Nukem, and then the lawsuits and everything else, and then boom, Borderlands developers are actually going to finish the game. Holy cow, that's going to be killer! That I, just that blew me yeah, away. Came out of nowhere, yeah. And actually, you know, we actually our one and only phone call that we've gotten to our line was from Socialiste, um, and he asked what we thought about Dude Nukem Forever. And I'm going to kind of answer it here. I'm blown away that it's actually going to come out. 
<laughs> how many how many people I've seen multiple times on Reddit, Dig, any of these you know sites like this where people have shown their scans from 1995 and 1996 of pre-ordering Duke Nukem Forever, and <laughs> it's coming out. It's finally gonna make it, and I am I'm totally pumped. I'm a huge Duke Nukem fan. You realize. And- this was all a conspiracy by GameStop. Do you, do you realize how many thousands of dollars they've gotten on people pre-ordering the game and just forgetting about it? Yeah. I'm telling you, well, it was a scam. Throwing away, throwing away the receipts, losing the receipts, anything like that. Absolutely. Maybe just holding out hope. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. For a series comeback that, it, you know, just wait till next year when Gearbox goes under and then we're, we're all just going to you know, oh, our heads I'm gonna, just pop. Oh, that'll be stupid. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Uh, mine is kind of a left field because it's actually from movie um, over to game, even though there's been some terrible games in the series. I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Great Scott! Because <laughs> it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Sounds pretty heavy. Well, it has nothing to do with it. It's uh, one of the, the old school point-and-click kind of adventure games, and it's actually really well done. If you have not checked it out, go to, the, go to a trailer and... Check out, well, I'm sorry, go check out the trailer for the Back to the Future uh, PC games. The guy that got to do Marty McFly's voice is unbelievable. Isn't he a dreamboat? He sounds more like Michael J. Fox than Michael J. Fox. <laughs> it, it's, it's insane. You could not believe how pitch perfect it is, and it sells the game experience. I mean, they've got the humor, they've got the nostalgia. It, it's amazing what they've captured just in that little bit of a trailer, and the game itself is getting really high marks as being just you know an excellent you know, kind of like nobody expected that series to make a comeback in gaming. So, all right, we're gonna move on to some special mentions for the year. Uh, what have you got there? I picked up Last Hope. Now, this uh, this actually didn't come out this year per se. I mean, it was uh, in it was a homebrew title. Came out in '06 uh, for the uh, the Neo Geo AS, and um, I actually picked up the newer Dreamcast copy, the Pink Bullets edition. That's a little bit easier. Also picked up um, the A. The, I'm sorry, the Neo Geo CD version and the soundtrack. Got a nice bundle, and uh, I was just blown away. I mean, this isn't the kind of production value you. Um, no offense to Homebrew, of course, but this is this was really really fantastic. I mean, it could have come out in a, in a major studio, especially like a from like the ARP type developers and or anything like that. I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking over myself. Let me go back. I was I was just very impressed with the production values. I thought it was fantastic. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, it plays very much like uh, Polestar R type, the, the tactical shoot 'em up type. Um, I was just amazed. I, I just can't, kind of came out of nowhere. That's definitely uh, kind of a pseudo old school, new school. Special mention I had to throw out for for this year I had a, a blast with. Okay, I'm gonna actually go with um, a newer title. I actually picked up and really enjoyed Backbreaker. Uh, hmm. It is the you know latest of non Madden football games to come out. No NFL license, nothing like that. The the all the animation is it's amazing. No, there's no canned animations, anything like that. There are some issues with the running game. You can't really get a running game going very easily. Um, but for a first time developer, it's not like, a uh, you know, it's not like 2k came out and developed this game. Now, after they did the all pro football, 2k eight, and you know, going back to the 2k five series and everything, it's not like the, you know, midway doing blitz. This is, you know, new developer out of the air. First time doing a football game. Animation was great. It's got some interesting uh, controls, um, and it's if if they continue with the series, 
you know, make some changes. They, you know, it seems like they're actually listening to the community on it because they're, you know, they've tried to address the running issues. They're still kind of there, but, um, they're, they could actually, you know, you know, despite the lack of a license, they could have a decent football game going. Cool. Very cool. And in rapid fire fashion, our favorite games this year. Um, start off, I gotta say, Heavy Rain. It was fantastic story. Uh, a lot of different, uh, you know, controller methods, and the story really did a great job. I'm gonna say Enslaved. Uh, controls were slightly clunkier than I expected, but uh, I thought it, it had a, a very interesting story. It was some fantastic character development. Uh, actually captured the eyes that you would want in digital characters and just started to edge a little bit outside of that uncanny valley. Uh, fantastic experience. Definitely check it out. Uh, I already mentioned it once, but Mod Nation Racers. The gameplay is great. The different items are cool. The customization is key, as it was in Little Big Planet. Being able to make your tracks incredibly easy. Uh, it should be fairly cheap at this point. Hopefully. Uh, I would Definitely go pick it up. I'm going to go with Super Meat Boy. If you were one of those people that actually used a Game Genie to get past Battletoads on the original Nintendo, this game is for you. Uh, it, it gets infuriating, but you just you know can go through the stages in rapid-fire succession. You just restart as soon as you die. Uh, it just has an addictive quality, fantastic level design, hilarious throwbacks to retro games. Definitely check it out. Uh, next for me is Super Mario Galaxy 2. I mean... Man, they did such a great job with the first one, and they've just made improvements. It's, you know, it's Mario, it's Mario Galaxy, but it's, you know, it's just better. <laughs> what else can you say? Woohoo! <laughs> but I won't. Uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Uh, just a return to greatness for the series. Uh, leave it to Criterion to, you know, pull it out of the muck that it was in and really give it some, some new wheels. Uh, we've... Our land crew has been playing this online, just constant, just having a blast with it. Uh, you know, if you've lost faith in the brand, definitely check this one out. It will renew your faith in the series. Uh, Metroid Other M, 2D, 3D was kind of kind of wonky at first. Um, very good story. Great graphics on the Wii. It was just a blast to play. Really enjoyed it. Interestingly enough, that almost made my vote for the. Golden PSP Go for so close but still failed. Oh, on. <laughs> I'm sorry. And unfortunately, we don't have enough time to discuss. <laughs> I'm going to go with another one, Alan Wake. Uh, we mentioned it, but I definitely just got to give it another push for kudos. If you haven't checked it out because you're too busy playing Red Dead, go back and try Alan Wake. I don't actually own it. I played it a little bit. I, I enjoy with the, move, the way they're moving with the series, uh, Madden 11. I'm not one for you know advocating going out and buying Madden every single year. Uh, the changes that they've made uh, in the gameplay, the, the play calling and everything was for the better. Lack of turbo was a little bit weird at first, but once you get into the game flow, it works really well. I'm going to put out a kudos for Castlevania Lords of Shadow. I have a review up on our F RF Generation site on my blog. Uh, there was some, some, you know, a little bit of critical things to say, but overall the experience was, was great. I give it you know, just a top-notch. Uh, as a huge Castlevania fan, it actually did not make my list because it was a Castlevania game, but because I just had a really fun time with the game itself. Next for me has got to be the Scott Pilgrim game. It, you know, it's straight back to the roots of the arcade -y 
beat em up side scroller that you're just pumping quarters into. It was a I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was that four player River City rampage you always <laughs> wanted. I'm gonna put out a classic throwback for Halo Reach. I know everybody knows what it is, but I'm gonna say we had a blast. Uh, Firefight is where it's at. Uh, we still go back and play it. So just gotta give kudos to that. And um, just the, uh, the thing I've really found the best works well with the move, the iPad game. It's got a lot of different things. It, it, you know, it's not necessarily something for hardcore gamers or something, but I enjoyed playing it with my son. Um, you know, it. It's not something I would necessarily put in every time, but it works well with the move. It's a good, uh, you know, way to demonstrate at least what the move can do if it's executed properly. You know, Skittles from Connectimals will eat that thing for breakfast. Sorry, yeah, but I, he won't just, be in—he won't be in my living room floor either. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, Mass Effect Two. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows why it is. I just have to throw my weight behind it because I, you know, as a sci-fi fan, uh, they took pretty much all the issues I had with the first Mass Effect and said, hey, we can fix this, and did. Uh, you know, issues with DLC story components uh, notwithstanding that we've mentioned before definitely go for Mass Effect 2. My final one, I'm going to say Dead Rising 2. It's I almost thought you said Red Dead Revolver. I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost thought you said Red Dead Redemption. I was going to laugh. Um. It, Although it probably should be on this list, but anyway. Yeah, not for me. Hater. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's, if you look at it for what it is, you're going over, it, it's more mowing over zombies, and who, who can get tired of that, really? <laughs> oh, the co-op's fantastic, too. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's a lot of fun. I was about to say, don't hate the player, hate the game, but I guess that's what you're doing, so you're already there. There you go. I was uh, going to finish out with Rock Band 3. Once again, much like Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, they took any of the, the quibbling issues that I had, addressed them, and then threw a keyboard at it. Uh, it's such a, a great party experience. It's a lot of fun solo just to crank up a song that you like and, and blast it out. Um, the fact that you can upload almost all the songs from the, the previous Rock Band titles uh, – yeah, that's got to close out my year with just one of the one of the best games that's come out. It's kind of sad what's happened to the developer, but that's another story for another time. Big fan. And we've come to the end of both of the year and another episode of RF Generation Nation. As always, if you have any questions, comments, queries, thoughts, or topic suggestions, be sure to post them on our forums at www.rfgeneration.com. You can also use the... Use the website to track your video game collection. You can also chat with us on IRC, either via the web chat on the site or by going to RF Generation on QuakeNet. Uh, you can also give us a call at area code 318-734-8475. That's 318-RFG-TIP-5. We hope that you've enjoyed RF Generation Nation. We hope to throw out more podcasts on a regular schedule next year, but until then... Have a happy new year. Don't game too hard. And what am I saying? Game all night. Just be sure you're gaming on Channel 3.